came first, sex or violence? Join us as each week we take our favorite horror movies and talk about the sex and the violence in each one. This is the Sex and Violence Podcast. Hello, you're listening to the Sex and Violence Podcast. I'm MJ. And I'm Ray. And today we're talking about The Haunting. This is perfect. It's going to come out in time for Halloween. This is a perfect Halloween movie. Well, and it's actually the good haunting. It's the good the haunting. Good one. We're talking about The Haunting 1963. The yes. other one does not exist. Yep. And we'll just retcon that entirely. So we are going to do our brief IMDb synopsis to start this off. Hill House has stood for about 90 years and appears haunted. Its inhabitants have always met strange, tragic ends. Now, Dr. Markway has assembled a team of people who he thinks will prove whether or not the house is haunted. That sounds like a trailer tag. <laughs> so much the synopsis. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed sound effects behind that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what the haunting is about. It is about Hill House um, and the people that go there. So this movie's from 1963, and the reason why I chose it, though on the surface, this movie is not sexy or violent in either way that's obvious, it, it, it has subtle tones to it that I really, really like. And also, I picked it because there's neither of those things in the book. Now, the, the parts of this that are in the movie are, are very much just implied. They're not shown in any way but in the book they're not even applied implied sorry um so when they made the movie we have as early as 1963 and there's still this added this need for sexual tension and this need for implications on male female relationships and and things like that and I just find it interesting that even though it's not in the book it's not in the source material when they go to make a movie there still has to be sex, even 1963 sex, which isn't very sexy. <laughs> so um, yeah. Do, did you like this movie? I did. And we've talked about it, but obviously this is very much your pick and I will uh, defer to you on a lot of things because you are very much about this movie. I've seen it a long time ago, probably in high school. And I also read the book when I was going through like a classic horror movies slash books you have to read. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like it. I like it a lot when in revisiting it. It definitely has, like you said, a feeling of repression, um, a lot of things that are implied. And I feel like it's so classic, but it also, I think it's how these movies are leading today. We're kind of more with the apprehension, not showing what is there, what could be there, what mm-hmm. might be there. Um, so it's kind of, I think what I'm liking about movies now is kind of hearkening back to movies like this. So yes, I very much like it. Well, it's interesting because it's almost out of place for its own time. 1960 is when Psycho comes out. And we have, if you think about how Janet Lee dresses in Psycho versus how Eleanor dresses in this movie, Mm -hmm. it almost has this primitive Victorian type feeling to it, where even in 1963, people would be like, that's really old fashioned. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it feels like it's, it's almost too old even for its own time. Um, so I find that's really interesting. And again, we have 
that we're talking about Psycho coming out three years before this, very violent. But in the same sense as The Haunting, it's all implied. You never actually see Janet Lee get stabbed. You see mm-hmm. the knife in the air. You see her screaming. You never, it's not like Hitchcock didn't make gore, right? So yeah. I feel like they kind of took a turn out of that book as far as what filmmaking and horror was like at that time was that it was implied rather than shown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that when it comes to horror movies. And it goes all the way up to, um, what's it called? Halloween. Halloween is mm-hmm. like that too. Like all of, there, there's, that's a very violent movie, but when you go and watch it, it's almost like you imagine the violence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you never really see a whole lot of it. You see the after effects, the yeah. aftermath of it, but you kind of make it up in your head as to what you actually see. So anyway, interesting, very interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll go into the plot of this, which is we're following the character of Eleanor. So Eleanor's gone through this tragic thing where she spent her entire adult life taking care of her sickly mother who has Mm -hmm. just died. And now she's living with her sister and brother who you want to strangle as soon as you meet them. They are horrible people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And they really make them as horrible as they can be with being still white collar suburbanites. They're not Mm -hmm. evil. They're just bad people. But you can see how she just desperately wants to escape. And where she ends up escaping to is Hill House, where Dr. Markway has put together a team that is going to investigate the haunted phenomenon that's happening in Hill House. And Hill House has a very evil history of, like the, like the trailer tag said, of everyone uh, who inhabits it coming to a strange and tragic end. So this movie has one of the most intense scenes possible in a movie that has zero special effects and is entirely in black and white and was made in 1963 which is the scene where they zoom in on the wall while Hugh Crane is sermonizing to a kid who's crying uh how did you feel when you watched that scene did you I just remember seeing it for the first time and literally realizing that I hadn't been breathing for way too long oh yeah same it's just so intense. You just completely focus in on it. But again, just like the sex in this movie and any of the violence, it's all implied. There's no, you don't see anything. You're focusing in on a panel of wallpaper and your eyes are seeing faces in the wallpaper as you hear this voice. And it's one of the most terrifying things that's ever been put on film. Honestly, it's awful. So, uh, cause I want to go into me being a big dumb history nerd. Um, the director of this movie, his name is Robert Weiss. Mm-hmm. And he studied under a man named Val Luton. Val was really big on the theory that people are more scared of things that they can't see, but you can scare people more with what you put in their head versus what you show them on screen. And so mm-hmm. Robert Weiss took that theory and that's what he made this entire movie around was what's behind the door. We're never going to show you what's behind the door. You're just going to have to imagine what's there. And, and it is super effective. So the reason why I wanted to put this in here, um, I guess the, what was the other movie that we were talking about with the implications and the lust 
what be the witch the witch yeah yeah where it's more lusty than it is sexy or sexual in any way this is the same eleanor is uh so lost i guess would be the term she's just so desperate i have a note in here the last time i was watching it um markway's attraction slash eleanor's lust is very much implied we never actually know which way she's thinking either way she never really goes somewhere to the point where i don't even know if she wants him as a lover or a father figure do you know what i mean i feel like she is very she has spent her like develop developing years as being a caretaker for her mother but also treated like a child having to be at her mother's beck and call at all times Mm -hmm. and then after her mother's death instead of being able to you know kind of figure out who she is as a person she kind of just becomes under the wing of her sister and her brother as you said where someone's still telling her what to do still saying oh you can't do that so I feel like you're right I don't think she necessarily had like romantic or overtly sexual feelings for Mark way. I think that having someone be protective over her, even just as like a participant in his experiment, I feel like she didn't know what to do with that because she's not used to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she, I feel like she wasn't able to interpret what his intentions were. So she was kind of unsure about the whole thing, but it's like kind of like we talked about with um with Danny in uh Midsummer it's just like well when when no one's shown you attention kind of like that it's just kind of like oh um yeah I don't know how I feel yeah she doesn't know how she doesn't know where to go with it which which again I guess makes her confused in turn I mean the entire movie she's just very confused Mm -hmm. I originally wanted to make this entire thing that it wasn't a haunting that it was Eleanor's psychological breakdown oh yeah just still there in a light version but there definitely is ghosts and everything in that house we know that but they they really wanted to make it that there wasn't that everything we were seeing was inside Eleanor's head and the writers who were writing the screenplay went and met with Shirley Jackson and told them their idea for what they thought Mm -hmm. and she was like no there's ghosts I I wrote a, I wrote a horror story, so <laughs> you're gonna have to change that. They're like, okay, so it's still kind of in there, but definitely not as much as they wanted to. And and I I like the idea that someone who is breaking down comes head to head with this, rather than it being in her head. I like it more yeah. of a how would they control and react to that situation, because she becomes the victim. She becomes, and again, almost like the way that her the lust for Markway and this new life, there is a, a attachment to this house. Like I think the, the biggest love story in this is her love of Hill House. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like the main relationship and not in like one of those ways of like the girl that married a train, but like yeah. it's just so, it's so, it's so powerful. It's so much more than she's ever been offered this huge thing and to be a part of this historical story of hill house is just it's it's a lot and she gets lost in it so i i think that's interesting too okay so something that i was thinking about when i was watching it and you can correct me about this when she receives the invitation inviting her to hill house it doesn't say oh like outright that oh this is because you're being invited to participate in this paranormal experiment because of your history of poltergeist activity 
No. It's just like, you're invited to come to this weekend at Hill House and she goes, you know yeah. what I mean? Which almost sounds like to me, if I was just like, oh, hey, you're invited to come to this house for this weekend. I'd be like, what the hell is this? I, <laughs> but I she's so excited. And she's like, it's she's, a vacation. She's never been offered anything. No one's ever yeah. asked her to do anything. Um, but I, I think that it's, uh, it does say something about being part of a research group, but I don't think it says why or specifically what's happening. Because honestly, I, I, if Markway, one well, of the first conversation that we see him having is with the owners of Hill House now. And she's like, I don't want this to be like a, thing like she doesn't want to be embarrassed she doesn't want him to be embarrassed well, it's very like hush hush exactly so I don't think he would send out a form letter to like 65 candidates and be like ghosts <laughs> so, right? so I think that it's more this is for science come and mm. come be a part of this for science and and then the people that research where it is slowly drop off you see him crossing off the names on the board until it's literally just Theo and Eleanor that are left mm-hmm. And Luke by, by proxy, but he's not mm-hmm. really part of the research group. So Luke is the grandson of the owners of the new, the new owners Hill House, and he is going to inherit it. So that's why he's there. So mm-hmm. we haven't talked about Theo at all. The character of Theo, who is oh, a remarkable fabulous. psychic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love Theo. Just the uh, outfits, the hair, the attitude. I just they hired <laughs> they hired a very famous fashion designer to design all of her clothes. It wasn't a costume designer. She had her own costume designer for all of Theo's outfits. So that was like a oh, high end London fashion designer, and you can tell she's to the nines. So Theo's character is interesting i her the heart of her character completely passed me by when i was a child i've been watching this movie since i was very young and i didn't get the implications at all because they are like everything else just subtly implied and if you know you know but as i got older i was like wait is he okay (laughs) right (laughs) that's definitely something i missed before that's like how i've been watching dirty dancing since i was a kid like it's like my comfort movie yes and then when i got older i was like this is about an abortion (laughs) i didn't even know (laughs) yeah i honestly same thing i watched it when i was very young which why but anyways um i was just like oh man some some guy randomly stabbed her i don't understand why that's so mean her stomach hurt (laughs) yeah she she got some surgery for her stomach hurting but they again it's it was and it yeah anyway so theo theo is gay and it really enhances her character it's it's interesting because during this era this is the first time we have a lesbian character in a film that is just portrayed just portrayed She's not mm-hmm. evil. She's not predatory. She's not, it's not, she's just herself. She just gets to be Theo. There's nothing. And Theo just happens to be a lesbian. There's nothing alternative about it. There's not or, or ulterior about it. There's nothing bad. It's just who she is. And I think that's yeah. absolutely remarkable for 1963 that there was no subtext. They actually had like an earlier scene in the script that they never ended up filming where she's breaking up with her partner, which would be why she ends up going to the house because she's kind of in a bad situation she's like in their apartment together and the person's not there but you can tell that there's been a big fight and there's a note written on the mirror that says like fuck you or something or you know 1963 Mm -hmm. fuck you and um yeah but they decided to take it out because because like everything else they just wanted her sexuality to be implied and not too over the top so Mm -hmm. I find that interesting I don't know obviously I would have gotten it when I was a kid, if that scene had been in there, I like that it's implied. I like that it's just part of who she is. 
because Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to walk around being like hello I'm Theo I'm a lesbian you know what I mean like she just is who she is but it definitely changes in a way I used to think again watching it when I was a kid that Eleanor being attracted to Markway that Theo was jealous of Markway's attentions to Eleanor but in a way that I thought she wanted them not in a way that she wanted Eleanor's attractions I think that what I like about Theo is that she has a protectiveness over Eleanor that doesn't that presents in an interesting way because we don't exactly know the extent of what she can see about Eleanor. It's like it's hinted at when she makes the sisters remark when they first meet. Eleanor says something along the lines of, oh, we're best friends now. And she says, like, sisters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's implying that she sees some of the strife that Eleanor comes from and that she has such a bad relationship with her sister. And it's mentioned a couple of times. Um, Like you said, I think if you watched this when you were younger, before you could kind of understand the nuance of it, I think it does kind of come across as quote-unquote mean. But to me, Theo, she's trying to protect Eleanor in a way because... I don't know her of her cognition of what you know the extent of it is but I kind of felt like she was not necessarily just poking at her or prodding at her she was she knew that it wasn't the place for her mm-hmm. and so she was kind of trying to bring that out before it had to get bad you know what I mean so with those remarks or with with the things she was pointing out I was like, you know, I, to me, it felt like she wanted to show that this wasn't a good place for Eleanor before it had to get to a really bad point and really scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that. To be gentle about it too. Like she said, mm-hmm. like, we have to get you home as soon mm-hmm. as we can kind of thing. Like she knows that it's not good and things are going to go south. And with like her cognition, and like I said, I think knowing about her home situation when Eleanor is saying things like, oh, my apartment with the uh, the statues on the mantle I was like she knows that's not real but she doesn't you know immediately yeah. be like oh you're lying or anything mm-hmm. yeah I there was a gentleness to her that I really like but also some sass that I really liked <laughs> so <laughs> she was, sass, I yeah. really like her I really like Theo me too me too she's very I, yeah I, I've always liked her character it's always been favorite part of me of that movie for me so but I do think her attention also confuses Eleanor just because with like her own sister they're not that close you know what I mean I don't you know I don't think they've probably ever been at the point where they would huddle together when they were scared or sleep in the same bed or hold hands or things like that so I think that also confuses her because it's like you like we said it's just attention that she's like I don't know what to do with this what does this mean exactly with attention from anybody seems Mm -hmm. to boggle her mind yeah so poor Eleanor it's it's (laughs) tragic she made me so sad she does I know (laughs) I don't know why I loved this so much as a kid I she I don't know (laughs) just says a lot about where my mentality was the age of 15 um but uh yeah so I find this era of horror very interesting just to put a time on where we are in the world while this is being made uh this 1960s like i said we have the start of the 60s with alfred hitchcock's psycho which just blows the movie industry out of the water as far as what anybody's ever seen before in american cinema and by 1969 so nine years after psycho and have you seen psycho very many times um i think 
I don't know if I've seen it more recently since that same like classic horror phase I went through where I watched yeah. so many of them like in a row because I thought I needed to. Yeah, it's it's again, it's he's he does a great job with implications, and you do see things like the guy falling down the stairs after he like hits him over the head, and th- there are moments of violence. I wouldn't use the word gore by any means, mm-hmm. but implied violence for sure. But it's still subtle in the way that it portrays it. And then nine years later in 1969, we have the Manson family killings. And horror fucking goes off the deep end. Because 10 years later, after the haunting is made, we have Last House on the Left, which is arguably one of the more brutal horror films to break through the Mm -hmm. industry. So only a decade later, like I can't like in 10 years in 10 years we go from this victorian drama of ghosts in a house which again is perfectly terrifying to like torture porn basically in the 1973 format so it's kind of interesting to watch this happen i like staying where we are in 1963 i really like this era quite a lot but you can see the stirrings of it. Like I said, there's there's little, there's no attraction between Markway and Eleanor in the book. But and that's what I was going to ask about was how much of that because I couldn't remember any in the book. So I was like, did no. I just miss it? Or? No, and that's you know, like I guess I was missing the whole Theo thing when I was younger. It, it's I definitely picked up from romantic undertones, as it were, even when I was young, and that's not in the book at all. They're just mm-hmm. it's a scholarly type man with a you know like an admiration type thing happening but there's no attraction and it's very thick in this there's no way to miss it and even his his reciprocation of it at times not all the time but at times you can see him walking that line where he he's also married we find out at Mm -hmm. the end so there's a moment where you you think he's fighting against it for a sense of professionalism (laughs) But then his wife shows up and you're like, oh, okay, that's why. But even still, at the end, his wife goes missing and he still follows this instinct to protect and coddle Eleanor, like this lost little lamb that she is. And he's got obviously like protection daddy things going on. Because he's- (laughs) That line where he says, you better run along to bed, girls. I was like, yes, sir. I'm going. (laughs) I know. I can can trace a lot of my- (laughs) my own personal issues back to, oh, he's so to Richard Johnson's involvement <laughs> in my life from an early age <laughs> oh goodness. so handsome okay anyways um. so handsome. him and Atticus Finch and oh the voice yes Let's like just Gregory Peck fall is. into my my voice my voice thing real quick yeah. <laughs> we'll just take a little moment here but yeah <laughs> I distinctly remember watching um To Kill a Mockingbird in ninth grade English and being like the voice oh my gosh <laughs> I know distinctly yes anyways um there's a lot of Gregory Peck moments for me with, uh, <laughs> yeah anyway, we won't go on that <laughs> tangent but anyway Dr. Markway yes um so he's definitely got this like father figure there's, there's some <laughs> confusion happening here between both him Elena and Eleanor as far as their feelings are concerned but who wants what to be who kind of thing so mm-hmm. it's interesting to watch and all the while we have Hugh Crane looming over the entire thing kind of in the background just pulling Eleanor's crazy puppet strings 
mm-hmm. watching her dance get crazier and crazier until the house gets her in the end which is again there's a sense of like euphoria that she has as she's driving away from the house and she realizes that she's not going to escape that the house actually wants her and is going to keep her and that something is actually happening to her just the look on her face is so mm-hmm. yeah like euphoric it's really interesting like she's found her purpose which is creepy uh but yeah so uh all in all this movie did not do well when it first Aww. came out <laughs> and that breaks my little heart but it's gained a cult following over the years and it's like as people kind of give it the credit it's due. And then in what year? 1998, I want to say, they did a remake of it, which I begged my mother to take me to see in theaters. My parents aren't big movie theater people. So anytime I wanted to see something that was like coming out and I had to, you know, parental guidance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I begged her to take me to see it. And we watched it and we left and we didn't say anything. And then we got in the car and I was just like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why did that just happen? <laughs> why is that so, why was that so horrible? It was so horrible. It just like broke all of my dreams. <laughs> I just, yeah. I thought that they were going to just be amazing with it, but. I haven't seen it, but I read through the Wikipedia and it was just like, oh no, 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 no. Good no. Lord. No. It's a CGI <laughs> nightmare and they end, I give this whole backstory and. <sighs> oh my gosh. And I was going to say that about when you were talking about not showing what's there. I feel like there's so many movies, especially like Shudder movies, which I love Shudder. Don't get me wrong. I watch it so much that are really good at building up suspense and really good at building up apprehension. But then they make the mistake of showing it. And I get it low budget, but the CGI is always awful. Uh, for example, Z. I don't know if you've uh-huh. seen Z. Okay, but but the scene in the bathtub legitimately scared me. It didn't scare me. He looked like a very starved Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> and it ruined it for me. And I, if I hadn't seen that part, just the glimpse you get towards the end in, in the kitchen. No spoilers. Um, that was fucking terrifying. But the bathtub scene, I was like, really? Come on now. No. <laughs> oh, there's something I didn't. I don't do well with. I just rewatched The Ring recently. And yeah. I saw that in the movie theaters and the, the very beginning with the, the girl in the, the closet, face. the face, I, yeah. oh fuck, <laughs> weeks I did not sleep. And then when I saw it again, when it came out on TV, I closed my eyes and, and I watched it again the other night and I still closed my eyes. I still have not to this day rewatched <laughs> that scene. Like it was so much for me and those faces just really get me. And I think that was with him. He had that big, scary face going on yeah <laughs> I was not interested uh, yeah but and then another one that I no, really liked I do close my eyes part. a lot considering how much I love horror movies I think I've missed a lot of things I should have just we I talked about this pillows. one host I really oh, yeah, liked yeah. host I really liked it but I did not like the glimpse that you get of of it when you finally mm-hmm. see it I was just like uh, no I don't know it's just but in both those instances, if we had seen Les or not seen it at all, I think to For me, sure. to take a, the yeah. movie would have been uh, a little bit better. But yeah. I really liked both those movies. So again, yeah. taking a page out of this book, the you the things you don't see. There's a movie called The Changeling. Have you seen that? It's um, 
There's an original and a remake. I think I've seen the remake, but not the original. There was a remake with um, Angelina Jolie. I don't know that it's necessarily so. The change a changeling is like a you know like the 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 lore the fairy lore of like a kid coming back, but they're not your kid, and Mm -hmm. and kidnapping let like there's like a idea that your son your kid could be kidnapped and then you get your kid back but it's not actually a kid when you're raising a stranger and as a parent mm-hmm. you're like i know this isn't my kid but then there's this weird psychological thing that's going on so i think that's what this angelina jolie one is about but this one is about a man whose wife and child die like right at the beginning of the movie so he's grieving yeah. that and he moves into this house in seattle which is this giant old manor home and it's haunted as fuck and ah. he uncovers a mystery which has to do with the name of the movie and i'm not going to spoil it because you really need to see it george c scott is the main actor that's in it it's fantastic but there is a scene where it goes a little over so there, there's a scene where there's a huge staircase that leads up through the houses as soon as you walk in the front doors it just leads right up to a staircase and there's a scene where he comes home and this bouncy ball comes just bouncing out of the darkness down the stairs uh-huh. and he tosses it away like puts it in the box and goes about his business comes back into the hall and the, ba- the ball bounces down the stairs again mm-hmm. uh, and at the top of the stairs it's just sheer blackness and it is again yeah. terrifying it's just this ball that's bouncing down the stairs the way that they do it you're like fuck this but then there's a scene later in the film where they don't show it there's no monster this is a 19 i'm gonna say 82 81 movie there's no monster of any kind that they see but there is a a a moment where you see more than you have seen and it it doesn't sit well with me i i want that blackness i want that Mm -hmm. not knowing what's in the shadows rather than seeing what's in the shadows so but otherwise that's almost a perfect so and this too but this never shows you there's never a moment where you see you don't see Hugh Crane you don't see and when you do see something that you think is a ghost it's just a person like when because at the end you see Mrs. Markway and they do play it off like you're seeing the maid that dies like the ghost of the maid but it's actually Mm -hmm. just a human so I, I I fucking love it I fucking love this movie so much I don't know how to convey that <laughs> besides just that anyway should we get our questions done sure because then we always talk more through the questions so uh is the sex essential to the plot well we'll say lust in this case again there is no actual sex in this although Luke is a horny fucking asshole that guy <laughs> is like anything like Eleanor and her top bun and little pantsuits and like even he kind of like makes little snide comments to her like he's kind of mm-hmm. flirting with her like you know in a pinch it'll do kind of thing yeah, but, yeah. Uh, anyway sorry it's a sex essential to the plot I don't know I don't I don't know that it it is because the book has no sex in it and it still yeah. conveys the same feelings and the same messages and the same outcome so the the I think it's a sex sells kind of moment. Like, like how, how do you cast Julie Harris and Richard Johnson and not have them want to sleep with each other? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's more just a, a cinematic, like it, it'll play for cinema because Markway isn't described as being particularly handsome in the book, I don't think. Mm. So maybe it comes down to like, you can't have a handsome man and a good looking woman in the same room <laughs> do you know what i mean mm. 
I, um, I was thinking with the with the movie, the original lady, the daughter, died because the her her companion was what do they say? Um, she was getting handsy with. Uh, oh yeah, uh, out with the, the farmhand on the veranda. Farmhand, yes. <laughs> that and so that was what was supposed to have kept her from hearing her call. Yes, and then later she is made or inspired to climb the staircase and hang herself you know and I feel like obviously that resonates with Eleanor because not that she was with a farmhand but she also did not go to her mother when her mother was presumably dying when she was calling for her she says you know I was in my room playing solitaire I just wanted to you know a few minutes yeah and so I feel like it's obviously like you said there's not a lot of sex in this movie but i feel like that's an interesting juxtaposition or an interesting contrast is, yeah of yeah. what these two like even though she it kind of points a finger at her based on her own guilt i think that's an interesting contrast of like yes this is what this lady was doing but poor eleanor was just playing solid hair unless that's a euphemism but i don't think it is no so- I don't think so. <laughs> uh, no not with eleanor <laughs> right so uh, yeah that's it's an interesting contrast I think that I just thought about yeah also the push and pull of of her attraction to Mark Way versus her attraction to the house it is Mm -hmm. constantly at odds with itself as if like Mark Way is this idea that okay maybe life outside here can be normal and maybe I can go on with what's like with my life as normal Mm -hmm. and then the idea that she's as soon as she sees this house like she is very much like I never want to leave this place this is the first yeah. independent experience I've ever had and she kind of falls under its spell so to speak so um <clears throat> it's interesting because she does fight against both of those things and with Theo that's obviously it's something just based on her reaction that you know is very very foreign to her the idea that I got someone because you know Theo implies it to her when she like asks she says something about our house and she's like, oh are you married and she's like well no you know and yeah. she's like oh so um that to her I think is Theo's sexuality plays a part just because I feel like it's one of those things that makes Eleanor like I don't know what to do with this you know what I mean I don't think it's something she would have come across very much if at all just based on her own uh, I, past I honestly I love talking about these with you because I, I I can watch a movie and I think about things but then having a dialogue about it just makes me especially something like this that I've watched so many times in my life but I'm just realizing now like the scene with Theo when she suggests that she does something new with her hair and then the next yeah. morning at breakfast she's trying to makes a remark about it but there's no way that what Theo says isn't in any way cruel mm-hmm but the way that Eleanor takes it, because that's all she's used to. Yeah. Like she only has a sister that says mean things to her. So mm-hmm. it's almost like she starts that fight. And again, like I always thought Theo was kind of being a bitch, but now that I'm thinking about it, like it's just Eleanor's knee jerk reaction to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not healthy. <laughs> right. Toxic and poor thing. <laughs> well, like Mark White at one point asks her to tell her about herself. And she says, I sleep on my, my right side. Yeah, does, and it's because it wears the heart down faster. And he's just like, oh, okay. I there's so many things <laughs> she says like that that I'm just like, is there not a bigger reaction than that? Listen Alarm, to her. Alarms, alarms. <laughs> what? Help this woman, please. It's so yeah. terrifying. But 
anyway. Uh, let's then let's then say that it is in a way because we let's separate book from movie and just say the Eleanor that we see on screen and the plot that we see on screen. I do very much think that it's it has to be in there. I don't know that I could uh, that that story in that movie would be the same without that. And it's not even so much inclusion of sex. It's almost like the lack the lack of sex is what makes it <sighs> <Yeah>. so important. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Is it essential to a character and their development? Yeah, I think that uh, what's happening or discovering feelings for somebody is definitely essential to how we see her, whether it's Markway or whether it's ghosty Hugh Crane. Mm -hmm. Speaking of remakes, (laughs) as I say, Hugh Crane, I was so put off. I know you don't watch, didn't watch the the TV series or the Netflix series, Mm -hmm. The Hill House. Uh, I watched all of it and the first episode I just kept having to just be like okay this isn't the book <laughs> like just stop <laughs> stop being that nerd it's like no that's not how it is because it's obviously what their point is is that they're deconstructing the story but like the father of the family is Hugh Green but then mm-hmm. Eleanor is his daughter and Theo is his daughter and and it's just this and so is Luke and they're all all of the characters are like the family and it was fucking with my head so bad I really had to just shut off like okay you like this movie but that's not obviously what they're doing like that's this is something else kind of thing so it was very interesting and that's another thing like of the biggest part like we talked about of me not watching that was just because it was so talked about in the moment there were so many articles and so many people pointing out this or that this ghost in this scene that I was just kind of overwhelmed and was like okay I'll get to it I don't really want to right now because everyone's talking about it but that was another thing about it too because I did like the book and so I was like that's very different and I I complain all day long about the difference between books and movies like don't get me started on bird box it's a whole rant (laughs) but um just for anyone wondering that's why I haven't watched that yet but maybe I'll get to it I don't know we'll see I I'm I am and I am I'm I am and I'm not like when things are essential to a plot or a character and they leave them Mm -hmm. out or change them for whatever reason like I could see why Shirley Jackson would be upset when they were like we're gonna make it about her having a psychological breakdown she's like that's not what I wrote so you're not making (laughs) my movie if that's what's happening which Shirley Jackson was crazy anyway so that would have been a fun conversation <laughs> without all that but um yeah but then people get really upset about small things I still remember going to see one of the Harry Potter movies so whatever one they go to like that world cup thing I'm obviously the not fourth a one Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter fan it's the fourth one obviously <laughs> fourth one sorry and <laughs> I left and the person that I had gone with was like yeah that was cool but they didn't include the goggles that they wear at the wizarding world cup or something and I was like the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's your critique and those movies are just so damn thing. long like they have to leave Gosh. out so much of them they just couldn't and the anyway. biggest thing that always gets me with books is when they leave or the book adaptation movies that are yeah. adapted from books are, is when they leave out nuance that makes characters more interesting or it gives them just different shades mm-hmm. um and I'm not sure if this relates to this at all, but one of my favorite examples is everyone likes the series You. I really like the book series. <laughs> I enjoyed the first, like what I've watched of You, but one of the characters, Beck, in the book, she is much more of an interesting character. They made her very, uh, very one-toned through the series and they made her kind of more of a damsel in 
distress, no spoilers, than she was in the book. In the book, she was a little bit more um, conniving herself. Mm -hmm. And so it made it more interesting. It wasn't just, oh, look at this crazy guy stalking this girl because there was more to it in the book. And so that's where I usually, where adaptations usually lose me is just because they kind of dumb down characters into being like oh this character's good this one's bad and I'm like right. well you know all characters kind of have to you know it's more interesting when there are those shades of gray yeah. to their intentions and their personalities and whatnot but anyways <laughs> no I, I completely agree as far as character development is concerned there's the book's always going to be mm-hmm. and I need to revisit there's just more, this there's book more now. <laughs> to do that so anyway I can't remember where we were before we started talking about Harry Potter and characters. <laughs> um, uh, Eleanor. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely essential, I think, to her development as far as we see in film. I don't know that. I don't know why I. You need Mark Way to care about her in order to have the push and pull of where she belongs versus where she doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. I don't know that it does. Is it portrayed as a positive or a negative? I think positive. I think that it would do a lot of good to Eleanor. And we see what a world of, of repression and, and loneliness has done to her. It's made her mm-hmm. crazy. And Hugh Crane, who is all this pious, like, you know, the, the book that they find of the, the Psalms or whatever that he read to his daughter sermonizing like the powers of lust and and luke reads that out he's like i can't remember what it says now like daughter shield thyself from thy lustiness or something yeah, like that. yeah. it's like you know like and he's Jeez. crazy and he builds this crazy fucking house and all of that like that repression really is is the bad part and mm-hmm. the positiveness of theo being in her life and mark Wy being in her life is the good part so yeah i think it's a positive and Eleanor just needs to get laid. Girl, <laughs> right? <laughs> Figure it out. But she doesn't. So is it tied to the violence? The psychological breakdown we can replace because like yeah. violence isn't really a part of this. There's no actual violence. Do you know that door, the door that bends? Yeah. When they're all, it's actually a door. Like people think it's like a latex door that they made or whatever, but it's actually a wood door. And they like put like a big two by four on the other side and had this like big giant guy come and press on the two by four and actually like bent the wood all huh. crazy that's an amazing practical effect yes i, I know like <laughs> I, love, I love those like the old timey like how did you do this because it right. looks incredible oh um, and the, the whole set because again this is my favorite movie and i'm just gonna nerd out about it a bit, but the whole set had roofs they had they had it had ceilings film sets don't have ceilings because you have to light them properly yeah right? But they built this entire set and they added ceilings to everything. That's why it feels so claustrophobic. Because there's scenes where you're, it feels weird. Like you're watching this and you're like, there's something strange about the way that this is laid out, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And I think that's why, because there's a ceiling to a set. So it locked the camera down to like a lower angle and like Mm -hmm. the lighting kind of comes in on itself. And yeah, it's genius. Anyway, uh, what did I say? Is it tied to the violence or the breakdown? This movie, it reminds me of um, Repulsion. And oh. I haven't seen that recently enough to make like really definite comparisons, but just the feeling and just um, Eleanor throughout it, that's what it reminded me of was the character in Repulsion. And even kind of 
starting out with the sister because it's been a while but in repulsion as I remember it um part of what sets her off besides just her the repression of her own sexuality is that her sister was having an affair if I remember correctly and she knew about it that she her sister was sleeping with a married man and she even had to sit through dinner with her sister and this man that she knew was married and she was kind of having to sit and kind of almost be like a, an audience for this affair yes and it kind of fucks with her own head and then we see the resulting breakdown her breakdown throughout that movie that's kind of I got a similar feel from Eleanor to what I remember of that movie let's see I don't know how I feel about Blansky movies I'm really confused uh yeah I mean I think that's very much a whether or not or whether we should even consider separating the art from the artist kind of thing yeah no totally not even having that <laughs> conversation yeah <laughs> I just we don't, don't have to that. get into that but no, but i think i mean that is that there is. <laughs> but i just don't that you know i'm like well, i don't know there's anyway doesn't matter that's neither here nor there uh i agree i i think that it is very much like that like the the repression and the could she even handle that like her attraction like we said to markway is almost childlike in the way that mm-hmm. she just wants this attention and wants this attention i think that's all yeah. it comes down to like everything she says is like okay something's happening to me this is about yeah. me and I, i'm getting this thing because no one's ever given her anything and and mm-hmm. and if you elevate it to a level of sex then i don't know that that becomes something that she could even handle yeah in a, like if she's psychologically equipped to and i think I there's know. even uh there's a weird tie to hugh crane because when she's talking she's dancing with hugh crane she spins around that statue is talking about dancing with Ukraine because I think the story itself of like, oh, this man built this, this beautiful to her beautiful house for his wife. And it's so tragic that she didn't get to live in it. I feel like with her, the way she seems to view things in a very childlike manner, I think she could very easily romanticize that of like, oh, oh and she, she did for, for her. her. Yeah, sure she does. Um, a hundred percent. That is. And exactly so we see the creepiness of like, the religious like the religious uh the strict mm-hmm. like, the, like you said the sermonizing and things to the daughter that seems like uh, a little a little much but i feel like to her that's what she sees it's like oh it's like you said it's a love story it's a love story yeah ukraine is personified by the or the house is personified. what am i looking for here the house is the personification of ukraine that's it mm. <laughs> and uh and she's falling in love with this place and the, and this mythological fairy tale man. I don't know that she sees the horror and and the same thing that we right. see at the very beginning of the movie when we get a backstory to everything. I don't know that Markway as a narrator is necessarily telling that to Eleanor. Mm, Do you know what I mean? I point. I don't know that that's if she's getting that same story or if she gets more of a a brief history kind of version of it i don't think that she gets the whole horrific tale (laughs) yeah so anyway uh is it sexy that's a good question i feel like i'm always saying no to these what i I feel like there's so many things i find sexy but then when we talk about something like no (laughs) (laughs) i sound repressed by all these things i don't find sexy oh my gosh except for mark yeah, I was gonna say, except for Markway. <laughs> so, so 
I don't know how to do as a child <laughs> watching this <laughs> not child let me say like I'm thinking like 12 10 10 at the youngest, Getting younger and younger. <laughs> can I get a nine <laughs> I don't know uh 10 we'll say 10 10 or 11 we'll go up this time <laughs> I, I definitely had a uh, same, oh, fuck. I don't know where to go with this. The attraction <laughs> to that character and to that actor in that same sense as Eleanor is having it, where I was just like, ooh, like the same way that Atticus, Atticus Finch comes into play where we talked about before, where it's like a good man. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like this is this is my childhood image of what a good man looks like. And yeah. the kind of man that you want kind of thing where it's they're they're handsome, but they're also at heart good and have good intentions and they're almost heroic, but in a real way. And, and yeah, so, so there was an element of sexiness to this with, with his protection of her and the way that he cares for her and, and takes care mm-hmm. of her and makes sure that like, he really wants her to be safe at the end of the day. So there was like, again, in the same way of Eleanor looking at this from a childlike wonder type thing, it was the same thing Mm -hmm. without knowing the word or the definition of sexy, but it did definitely had an appeal for a very long time. It probably still does. I mean, like when you watched it the other day, you're like, yeah, "Yeah." that's what I said. (laughs) So, so yeah, again, there's just this element of a portrayal of that. that His character is the hero of this movie. If there is a hero of this movie, he is, Mm -hmm. uh, good and heroic gentleman and i will say that even his role beyond eleanor just his role as setting up this experiment i think is a different feeling than a lot okay because just the most basic synopsis of this movie where it's like oh this scientist is setting up an experiment in this haunted house i feel like a lot of times the more malevolent like i'm thinking of like uh 13 ghosts where there's always kind of a even if it's I'm also thinking of, um, well, what's the Vincent Price one that they kind of ripped this off of? Uh, Hell House. Is it Hell House? I'm thinking Something of? like that, yeah. There's a few of them, but it always always seems it's like, it's oh, so he's Come an evil scientist. Yeah. He's an evil scientist. And um, and uh, he wants, they like want to kickstart the bad things in this house or harness their power for their own. And, you know, there's always some kind of twist to it that isn't very nice. But you know, Markway, like you said, he just comes off as very genuine and very in the yep. name of science. For we science. gotta do this. We gotta do this right. He even says that at one point he's like, for the good of the experiment, this isn't a personal thing. I'm oh, worried yeah. about your safety and for the good of the experiment. And he didn't want any kind of fame of no. doing this. He was actively, you know, trying not to have any reporters or infamy or anything yes. like that. And he doesn't so. want anything that's going to go against the science right he mm-hmm. says that like even one thing that's out of place and pe- people will be able to disprove this so awesome and Haunted Hill. that's what it is sorry yes. i had to look it up it's bothering me thank you yeah. <laughs> and that's enough right that's he needs there's so much phenomenon happening as as soon as he walks into the house it's like this is a hotbed for this thing and he's so passionate about his i mean he has that whole thing about how much he gave up in his family for doing this thing that he's passionate about he doesn't want mm-hmm. to fuck that up so it's all about science it's not you know in the the remake it's very much more 
I think they're doing an experiment. He gets together. This is, first of all, uh, what's his face? Liam Neeson is Ukraine or uh, uh, is is Markway. He's not Markway either. He's something else. He's not Markway. Mar- yeah. Maro Maro. Yeah, they changed Somebody. it. But they're doing like an experiment, and he has them all there because they're all insomniacs. Mm-hmm. But then there's also ulterior motives with like the ghosts in the house and it's very mm. violent like the kill people are people die <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one dies except for eleanor <laughs> at the end of the haunting but like luke dies and i'm pretty sure theo fights it but it was very uh, a lot of weird things happened in 1998 we just don't want to talk about them anymore so yeah it's- oh um i get i geek out when i notice like different like homages and different movies and books and things um the poltergeist activity that was supposed to happen to eleanor was stones raining down on her house mm. also in carrie mm-hmm. and i was like "Ooh, I, there's a reference i know that one or i knew that carrie referenced that because that also happens to carrie when she's a child that's one of the news clippings in the book it's a biblical thing i think oh it? that too oh well uh, see lost me there but in no, carrie <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'll uh i'll I'll do a little correction corner if it's not. But. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think it's sexy. I think Markway is a very attractive man. Uh, I think the idea... Oh, I just dropped my phone. I think the idea of losing yourself in a haunted house, even though it has like a horrible history, but the history that Eleanor makes up for it with this romanticized version of it, I think is kind of... I don't know. I could see myself doing that. Anybody can. That like, If you go traveling and you go to one of those haunted castles and you know, you really, you really romanticize a bygone era. Everyone always does. So I don't know. I like it. Mm-hmm. I have a biased opinion about it. But <laughs> I, I do like it. So I don't know that it's traditionally what you would think of as sexy, though. But uh, yeah, I think most of what I think is of sexy people. isn't traditional. So. <laughs> I was about to say we are certain. We are a certain type of people. Exactly. very alike and so we're both just like yes i don't know about everybody else in the world, yeah but... <laughs> let me know let me know uh yeah so i think that pretty much wraps this little ditty up what are we doing next week ginger snaps yes let's do ginger so. snaps let's very do a complete 180 from the haunting to ginger snaps <laughs> That'll go over real well. So next week we'll do Ginger Snaps. And thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Sexy Violence Pod. And say hello. And, and say I welcome am- back to MJ. There she is. Hi. I'm here. <laughs> yes, it's great. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.